The medical information communicated in this podcast is of a general educational nature. If you are feeling unwell, please seek the attention of a medical practitioner. Any advertisements promoted throughout the podcast are not endorsed by the presenter or any of the guests interviewed. Hi there, welcome to MediTalk, a medical podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You're with Danae. Hepatitis is inflammation of the liver, and there are different types of hepatitis. But now there are some amazing new treatments available for hepatitis C that many Australians are able to access easily through their GP or specialists. You can actually now treat hepatitis C in just a matter of weeks. Although this is great, there are still many Australians living with hepatitis C that need treatment and are being undiagnosed. So today we are going to speak with Associate Professor Lindsay Mollison, a consultant physician specialising in gastroenterology, hepatology as well as infectious disease at Riverview Endoscopy. What is hepatitis? Yeah, well, hepatitis refers to inflammation of the liver Mm -hmm. from a medical perspective. But from the person in the street's perspective, what they're thinking about is an infection of their liver. So some type of infection that causes inflammation of the liver is what we call hepatitis. Okay. And how do you get hepatitis? Okay, there's various types of hepatitis. So we should probably start with that then. Well, no, we'll go through them. There are various types. In terms of the infections that cause hepatitis, we've got hepatitis A, Mm -hmm. hepatitis B, and hepatitis C. Mm -hmm. So hepatitis A is one that we're not particularly worried about, in Australia at least, because we have got good sanitation and it's more a problem of the third world. And we catch it from contaminated food and water. Uh Hepatitis B and C, however, are worldwide. And we certainly have lots of them in Australia. So in the Western world, it's hepatitis B and C that's... Is it on the rise or...? Yeah, they're both... uh, They're certainly not decreasing because people are still getting infected with hepatitis B and C. And predominantly you get hepatitis B and C through blood and sometimes also also through sex. So how can we go about preventing hepatitis B and C in the Western world? Okay, we particularly need to make sure people aren't coming into contact with other people's blood. Yeah. And one of the common ways that that's happened, particularly in the past, has been through needle sharing Mm -hmm. or use of intravenous drugs. But people also pick up these diseases by helping people at accidents, by working in the healthcare industry, for example, people that are out, uh, police, uh, paramedics out Mm. on the road coming into contact with people who have accidents. So everyone who's coming into contact with someone else's blood needs to protect themselves as well by wearing gloves, for example, if Mm -hmm. they're providing assistance to even other family members or friends that they come across with a cut or a graze at the football, for example. And do you think that there's a perception of, you know, because you don't want to, as you say, get to a society where you're not helping each other because you fear something, but it's just learning that can be as simple as wearing gloves if to help people. Yeah, yeah. No, we should wear gloves all the time if we're coming into contact with someone else's blood because hepatitis B and C we've got pretty easy treatments for now. Yeah. But people might... You don't, you don't, we don't know what anyone's got or has someone that you come into contact with, for example, could have HIV. Yeah. And so wearing gloves all the time when we come into contact with people's blood is a really important thing. Of course, most of us don't come into contact with blood most of the time. Yes. And uh, if we don't want to get hepatitis B and C, we've just got to protect ourselves from that. And are there signs and symptoms that people would feel when they've been infected? 
Generally, no. Um, If you catch hepatitis B as an adult, you'll probably go yellow and be quite unwell, and then you'll probably get through through the whole illness and recover completely. However, if you catch hepatitis C, more often than not, you have no knowledge you've caught it whatsoever. It just uh, insinuates itself into you and you go along to your doctor at some stage and you find out that you've got funny liver tests and have a blood test for it. And there it's been there for maybe years and years and years. Wow. So then is it a good thing then to have checkups that include a full blood check? Oh, not necessarily. But if you're someone who, for example, knows that they've had contact with blood over the years, like mm. you come from a healthcare background, mm-hmm. Let's say you have used intravenous drugs at some stage in the past. You've had tattoos where the needles may have been shared between yourself and other people before you got there or piercings. So there's a lot of people that are included in these spectrums. I was about to say, I hadn't even thought about... Because the amount of people with tattoos nowadays is increasing and I hadn't even thought about that industry. Yeah. Well, most likely if you get your tattoos done in Australia, now you're probably okay. But, yeah. you know, plenty of people are getting tattoos done overseas when they're on holidays in Southeast Asia, for example. You've got no guarantee at all that those needles aren't being reused and people can and do catch hepatitis B and C from those needles that they get overseas and from piercings that they get overseas. Yeah, that's true. So then what happens if you're living with hepatitis C and you don't know? What's the implications of that to your overall health? I mean, obviously then you risk others of getting it. Yeah. Well, hepatitis C is the big one to worry about because if you've Mm. got hepatitis B, you probably have had it and gotten rid of it if you've caught it as an adult. But hepatitis C... You really won't know you've had it unless you've been in a risk group or potentially have it unless you are from a risk group and you recognise that you've got it. So for those people, they're the sort of people that should turn up to their GP at some point and say, hey, look, I actually think there's a chance I could have caught hepatitis at some stage in the past. Can you do a simple blood test for me to find out if it's there? Mm -hmm. And if it's there, then we can start dealing with it. Yeah. So who treats hepatitis then? So if someone feels, so they're listening to this podcast and they think, I actually might go and see my GP because I have potentially put myself at risk. So then where to from here? They would do a test with their GP and then who would actually treat their hepatitis? Would they get a referral to see someone like yourself, a gastroenterologist who specialises in that area or how does it work? Yeah, okay. Well, getting a test done for hepatitis C is really easy. If Mm -hmm. you've got a GP, yeah, go to the GP and say, can I have a test done? They'll also check your liver tests at the same time and most likely if you have hepatitis C, you're going to have abnormal liver tests. Not necessarily in a bad way, but that's what's going to happen. Now, many people don't have GPs, so Mm. they can go to street doctors. They can go to drop-in clinics. They can go to halfway houses where there might be uh, people to assist them. Uh, Needle and syringe programs for people who are still using intravenous Mm. drugs. Uh, hepatitis councils in in Western Australia. Yes, we have a clinic that uh, provides free checking and testing and treatment in Perth. And similar things exist in other jurisdictions in various states in Australia and around the world. So then, what are the treatments now available? Okay, once someone gets diagnosed with hepatitis C by their GP or wherever else, they may well be treated at the place that they were diagnosed. But more often than not, 
than not, they will be referred on to people who have lots more experience in treating hepatitis C, such as a hepatologist, that's a person who specialises in liver disease, or a gastroenterologist who specialises in tummy diseases, mm. or infectious disease specialist, and these diseases are infections. Or they may well be treated by their GPs. Lots of GPs have a lot of experience in these things, and every general practice practitioner will have some patients with hepatitis without any doubt, because it's time. a common... Common How couple. common is it? So about it's thought that about maybe one percent Australian population has hepatitis C, and it is increasing. It's not decreasing because people decreasing. still participate in things. Yeah. However, Australia has a strategy hoping to decrease the incidence and prevalence of hepatitis C by treating as many people as possible. If we decrease the pool of people who might be infected, oh, ultimately so we might be able to wipe it out. Yeah. So there is a, an aim in Australia to try to wipe it out or get it to such low levels by 2030 that we won't have a problem with it anymore. Is it simple as getting a tablet yeah. that you can take? Or? Yeah, the prescriptions are really simple. Uh, most people can be treated for between 8 and 12 weeks with often a single tablet a day that contains a number of different components. And there's various brands and combinations and types of drugs within those tablets. But as I say, usually it's one or maybe two tablets a day, eight to 12 weeks. Very rarely it needs to be longer than that. And we're talking cure rates of well wow. above 95%, close amazing. to 100%. That is incredible, isn't it? So it's come a long way, you would have seen from, was there a time when we didn't have any treatments? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Unfortunately, I can remember the times when we had injections that you had to have several times a week and they had lots oh. of side effects and we were talking cure rates of only 10, 15%. Wow. And things have progressed over time. Treatments would go for a year, people would really sick. But now we've got these two to three month treatments, absolutely really no side effects at all for no. the vast majority yeah. of people. Oh, Wouldn't right. even know you're taking them. Really? Simple tablet a day, off you go, nobody knows, and you get better. And do you think um, people, do they get embarrassed that they might have put themselves in those sort of situations and that's why they may not bring it up? Is there, is there that still that... Uh, perceptions out there around it? That's yeah, no, that's a very good question, Danae. Yeah, there has been stigma associated with having hepatitis because yeah. of the fact that many people have in the past caught it from intravenous drug use yeah. and sharing of needles. But as people grow up, yeah. those people become all sorts of things. I've Absolutely. had people who are bank managers, lawyers, yeah. doctors, truck drivers. Yeah. <laughs> nurses, yeah. doctors, all sorts of things. Yeah. So they might have, anyone might have uh, had a tattoo or yeah. a piercing or they make used a drugs. They when they're a young person over in Thailand yeah. or in yeah. Bali or something and before they know it, a big night out Absolutely. and they've got so, a tattoo. Yeah. So there is a bit of a stigma about yeah. it. But particularly now that we've got ways of curing it easily and yeah. getting it completely out of your system, this is, a, this is fantastic for those people that feel that way about themselves as well. Yeah, it is wonderful. Yeah, I'm certainly learning. And so then what should family members of loved ones that have been diagnosed with it, what do you think some take-home messages for them should be? For the loved ones of um, people who've got hepatitis C, yeah. I think, or suspect they might have hepatitis C, encourage your partner, family, mother, sister, brother to go and get a blood test, get it diagnosed and yeah. get it treated. 
if you're in an intimate relationship with someone with hepatitis C, you really don't need to change anything because the risks of catching it from your partner are incredibly low unless you are really transferring blood to each other. So people can live together, eat together, share glasses, have yeah. sex, kiss, play with the babies, all that sort of stuff, not an issue. Yeah. Hepatitis B, a little bit more infective, so people who are having sex with a partner who's got hepatitis B need to make sure they're vaccinated for it yeah. so that they don't catch it. But again, these diseases are really only transmitted by blood and intimate contact, yeah. and hepatitis C really only blood. And are there vaccinations then for yeah, hepatitis? Yes, Danae, there's yep. vaccinations for hepatitis B. That's part of our universal vaccination program in Australia and in nearly every country in the world. People mm -hmm. are vaccinated against hepatitis B. There's no vaccine at this stage against hepatitis C. And how often do you have to have your hep B? Hep B you need just once in your lifetime. It's okay. a course of three injections over a few months. Yep. And in most places, it's part of the childhood vaccination schedule. So that's a good thing. What are some things we wouldn't know about the condition that you think is important? Okay. Well, I think one of the important things is people think that if they've got hepatitis C, they might actually be sick, mm. but they often don't feel sick. They're often just walking around like you or me or yeah. everyone listening today. They can be sick, but that's less usual. Another thing that people might not know is that, yes, people do get sick from hepatitis, but it takes many years for that usually to develop. And is that because it's affecting their liver? So yeah. their liver starts dysfunctioning? or how? Yeah. yeah, over a long period of time, the infection of the liver creates episodes of further damage and additional damage, and it takes a long time for the liver to ultimately begin to give up the so ghost, so to speak. it's a ro robust organ. Yeah, it's pretty good it's at very repairing tolerant. itself. But it's that process of damage and repair that ultimately leads to conditions such as cirrhosis oh. and sometimes to liver cancer. Okay. So whilst uncommon, it is not uncommon for people to present with the end-stage features of liver disease oh. due to hepatitis, which has led to cirrhosis or liver cancer. But most people with hepatitis are never going to finish up with those conditions. Oh, that's good to know. But the longer they have it, the more likely those things might are to possibly develop. So then in terms of preventing hepatitis, it's about making sure you get vaccinated. Uh, if, you've got, if you're a parent of a, of a little one, vaccination's important. And then if you're working in an industry where you might be exposed to blood, then to just make sure you're keeping yourself protected for, for like as simple as wearing some gloves and being really vigilant. Absolutely. I don't think I needed to give you any information. You've already <laughs> got it. That's but exactly that, right. I, I Vaccine for Hep B and yeah. protect yourself against uh, blood exposure if you're in a risky environment. Yeah, and I think um, sometimes we think, oh, that it's simpler than what you realise to prevent a disease, but also I think that's very remarkable that the treatment has, is really fantastic as well so that as a family member of a loved one, or a friend that we should be encouraging people to get diagnosed and yeah. that could lead to such an easy treatment. That's wonderful. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, whilst these diseases are not that common, a 1% prevalence means that you're talking you know, 20, 250,000 people with hepatitis B or hepatitis C in Australia alone and around the world in many countries, the uh, percentage of people with those diseases is even higher. Yeah. So it doesn't sound much to say 1%, but it's still a lot of people. There'll be someone in your street who's got it for sure. And I think that's 
what I've learnt from today as well is that it shouldn't be a stigma because it could be, as you say, professional people that were just young once and they made a decision and they did something or helped someone out and before they know it, they've been exposed to something that... Yeah, no, that's really important. Don't go around thinking that because there might be one person you street with that you need to do anything different about dealing with those people because they're not intimately uh, associated with you and they're not incredibly infective in any way and somewhere along the way they did something which any of us could have done and Absolutely. they just happened to pick up hepatitis. Yeah. Treat them like anyone else and if you happen to think they're at risk, ask them to get checked. Yeah, simple. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I think we've all learned a little bit more about hepatitis. Thanks. Thanks, Danae. For more information on hepatitis, visit Dr Lindsay Mollison's website, riverviewendo.com.au or visit hepatitiswa.com.au. You've been listening to MediTalk, a podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You can follow MediTalk podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, please take a minute to subscribe, rate and review this podcast via iTunes or your podcasting app. If you have any health topics you would like to hear discussed, please email them to danae at meditalk.com.au. Thanks for listening.